What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 400, 545th. Of, there's a four in there somewhere. Five hundred yeah, somewhere. And 545th episode of the Pokemon podcast. It's super effective. Merry Christmas. Uh, Greg it's is after here. Christmas. It is after Christmas. You cannot wish Merry Christmas post Christmas. Oh, Happy New Year's. <laughs> it's, a, it's now into the new year. Christmas is dead. We're done. We're Christmas done with it. Done for. Done. Uh, Hannah also here. I am here. This is uh, after today. I am will be in my first break in over a year and a half of work. So Woo! I am excited. I am going to play more Pokemon than I have been playing, and I'm excited to sleep. <laughs> I did the regrettable thing of going out today. Why? Because Why? I was like, oh, I should go to my P.O. box and see if there's any like Christmas cards and stuff. Look, our mail person sent us a letter today, sent us an email saying, guess what? We're not delivering mail these two days because yep. it is so cold and deadly out there. Y'all can wait. And we were all like, <laughs> fine, that's fine. Because I honestly do not want to open my front door to get whatever is out there. I'm waiting for all the TikToks of people leaving their like monster energies in their car. And then the next day being like, here, it's all here, over the ceiling now. I haven't seen... Any TikToks of people taking boiling water, walking outside and throwing it in the air, which is a Minnesota thing, because it instantly turns into snow. I have not seen it. Oh, I I've seen, seen people pour one. boiling water on their car windshield and then it like cracking. Oh, then it shatters. Yeah. Because yeah. yep. why would you do that? No, you take <laughs> a cup of boiling water and you throw it in the air and it becomes snow because it is negative 35. Speaking of boiling water. We have some boiling news for you this week. Your transitions are always bad in this. They're, one of the they're getting so good. Uh, let's start off with the uh, the raid stuff in Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon are Violet. Are we excited for Cinderace? Well, we can talk about how Delibird came and went. That hmm. was that was a thing that happened. Um, well, technically, it started last night as we were recording this because we we're recording this before Christmas. I mean, Delibird for Christmas is kind of like. The most stereotypical, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they could. The Stantlers in the game. Why? Don't, why didn't they ever feature Stantler for Christmas? They could. Oh, uh, Stantlers in the background of Pokemon Unite for Christmas. Oh uh, yeah, see, yeah. The, I don't they, know and if you'd you be can get the Stantler tarot ears. shards if it was Stantler though, because Delibird gives things away. We're getting uh, all the tarot shards from from the Delibird. Some would argue that it's always been the year of Cryagonal. Cryagonal's in the game. He's a snowflake. Feature him for Christmas. Nobody argues that. You don't even argue that. You decide these things for the year, and then you promptly forget it and never bring it up again until it's somehow convenient for you to bring it back up to a company that's like, who are you? Uh, I, I think the, the, the smart thing here was they did make it one to five star raids. Uh, so that, yeah. that is nice for people who are getting the game for the holidays, because uh, you could ideally boot up the game for the first time and find like a one star deli bird and be able to do it here kids you have one day of the you Christmas got, you, you event. Have <laughs> several hours left before you can quickly get this then never again uh deli bird was through one to five star raids the bonus was uh more terra types of whatever type deli bird was so if you were really looking for i don't know like electric terra shards knocking out electric deli bird if you could find one would give you it does it, it did legitimately give you a lot of shards um there was the also weird a thing what i was seeing is i was getting less of the type that it was and more of the randoms i was seeing on, a mix on multiple sure. ones like i fought a you get ice and then the the, ice. The, the the type you get two 
I I so I I, like I, I was getting three. I was getting <laughs> three to four different ones. types. Yeah, and I would get like it would say like so if I fought one that was dragon, so I got two dragon, and it was like five steel, five ice, five bug. And then down in the list, it was like one ice or one dragon at oh, the same I time. Like, bad this is rolls, weird. Or was it yeah, paying my, attention? I did all, like all of them. I did a handful and it yeah. felt like just two different. No, I had like almost all of mine had three to four terror type. Mm-hmm. And the usually the odd ones were fives. And the one that I had gone for were the smaller one. I don't know. It's probably random. I don't remember looking at all of them because I was doing so many last night that after a while I was like, what? Yeah, at a certain point care. you just skip the red <laughs> rewards and move on. I don't care anymore. Click, click, click. There was also a mystery gift code for a bonus 50 ice shards, although you could argue that ice isn't a particularly great Terra type. <laughs> it, it's still yeah. nice to have the items. Yeah, it's still nice to have the flexibility to have it. And they've been doing so many distributions. That leads us into... Cinderace, which there there is no news article here for on at least the English Pokemon.com website, which is a little confused. I, I don't understand. I mean, this is just this company in a nutshell. I don't understand this. Com- we all know Cinderace is coming because the Japanese stuff mentioned it and the English stuff hasn't mentioned it yet. I don't know. They do have a they do have a Terra raid guide, which I guess we can touch on. Um, the thing about Cinderace is it is the next seven star raid boss. Um, so I guess we maybe know the pattern now. There, there seems to be one seven star raid boss a month. It will show up two of the weekends of the month. The reasoning for Cinderace, according to the Switch news, which literally no one boots up their Switch and looks at that news area. I don't. Maybe one person is like, I check it every day. <laughs> I, I look at it and go, what are the headlines? But that's about it. So in the, the Switch news, it said that the reason Cinderace is because 2023 is Year of the Rabbit. So that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, they could they could have done Low Punny. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> they could have done Diggersby. You're right. But uh, what if they did a Pokemon that would sell copies of their game? Because I don't think Diggersby is doing that. <laughs> yeah, but I, you know Low Punny is. If, what if it was Mega Low Punny? They're just like, this is the mega form, and it's permanently stuck as Mega Low Punny. That would sell, like, hotcakes. Yeah. It would. So so prior to Cinderace, I actually thought the second Pokemon would be Greninja. Um, and the reason I thought it would be Greninja is because, one, Greninja is in the source code. Um, and two, Greninja is the second most popular starter besides Charizard. So if you're trying to se- sell as many games as fast as possible, you would probably front load that with your two most popular starters. I, I, I do think Greninja would actually get people to that are on the fence to purchase the game. I, I think there is a lot of weight in a Cinderace. I think people do like Cinderace. I think the, not the negative, but the, like, Cinderace is fresh in everyone's mind, right? Like, we just came <laughs> off a game where Cinderace was there, so that's why I kind of found Greninja. To Comment on the source code stuff. This is exactly kind of like how Sword and Shield was structured. Obviously, Leon had Charizard, uh, but there was no Blastoise or Venusaur in the on the podcast version. I'm air quoting in the source code. Venusaur and Blastoise came with the Crown Tundra Isle of Armor DLC. Blastoise and Venusaur are technically not in the source code again, just like Sword and Shield. So they're not there. 
I think they will be there. Like, <laughs> I think that if we do get DLC, they will be there because, like, Blastoise and Venusaur are still popular. Not as popular as Charizard, still popular. Um, but we do know that the Gen 6 starters uh, are in the, the source code. We now, we know that Cinderace and Rillaboom and she's Intellion. <laughs> Intellion. No, <laughs> are, fine. are also in the code. Whenever they come, that will be great. Maybe uh, we're two for two for starters. I'm going to either guess they're going to go down the, well, here is the Gen 8 route, so here are more Gen 8 starters, or maybe they just finish off the fire trifecta here and we'll get Delphox next. <laughs> yeah. Just do all the fire stuff. Again, they can add Pokemon at any point. So to rely on like the whole like source code thing isn't, I, I think some people put too much weight into that. There was no Galarian Slowpoke in, in Sword and Shield. And one day Galarian Slowpoke just showed up at the train station. They can, they, they can add Pokemon at any point. So like super not worried about Blastoise and Venusaur not being you know, shipping in the game. You know, Melmetal or Gigantamax Melmetal was in Sword and Shield since day one. We had to wait <laughs> X amount of time before we even had access to it. So Cinderace is here. Uh, Cinderace's Terra type will be fighting. Uh, this has to be like intentional, right? Like they like purpose, like this is the like firefighting joke, right? Game Freak's. Yeah. Yeah. Like That's a, it's a troll. Yeah. Like Game Freak is trolling us with like the firefighting. Well, it's funny because they're trolling us with the firefighting and they're also trolling us with the Chinese astrology fire thing. Yeah. That, oh, wait, it's like it's like the <laughs> biggest company troll. Like somebody finally got a sense of humor and was like, yeah, let's, let's really do it to him. Did we ever talk about the Zodiac stuff on the show? Oh, yes, we've talked a little about the bit. Zodiac thing, stuff. It's not there worth exploring. Ex I mean, like the, the Zodiac stuff was already a huge stretch. Okay, so for those that don't know, like the the quick summary is there was there's a part of the fan base that believed that all the fire starters were based off different animals of the Chinese zodiac. So like Charmander would be the dragon, and for some reason they were like, well, Fennekin is a a dog, even though it's clearly a a fox. Well, okay, so foxes foxes and canines are ancestrally related. Yes, <laughs> like yes, but also. They could have just it's made a, a dog. They could have just they could made, have made a dog. A dog. <laughs> I, I mean, they made plenty of dogs. They have done the dogs. They have, if there's anything we've learned from Generation 9, they like dogs and birds. And <laughs> There are and, so many dogs. <laughs> well, dogs, birds, and fish. That's like Gen 9 in a nutshell. And bugs. Um, I think Cyndaquil was supposed to be like a rat. Yeah, Cyndaquil's like, I got, I got the dumb chart. Right? Okay, give me the All chart. Right. Give me the chart, Greg. Cyndaquil is the rat. Tepic is the pig, obviously. Uh, no Fennekin, there. It, Fennekin is the dog. Uh, Chikorita is the rooster. Chimchar is the monkey. No sheep, no horse, no snake. Charmander is the dragon. Scorbunny is the rabbit. And Litten is the tiger. Yeah, so, so a lot of those do line up. I, I still think Fennekin is a stretch. I still think Cyndaquil is a stretch. But... Well, here's, the, think... here's the question. Who is Fue Coco? The horse? No, the bull, the ox. Yeah, the... because a, a male alligator or crocodile, I think one or the other is is called a bull. I believe that 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 I is think the... a lot of things are bull. <laughs> that that is that is the biggest stretch <laughs> so, out of all of them. But yes, anyway, yes, it is. The the people who followed the Chinese zodiac, they, they they made things work, and now it's out the window. 
Except for the people who are still grasping onto what was it? An alligator is a male alligator is a bull. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> according to this, I looked it up. A male crocodile is called a bull. Okay. A crocodile, they call, not an alligator. They call a they call a bull a lot of things. A yeah. lot of things are bulls. So cows are bulls. <laughs> I do think Game Freak is trolling us with the whole fact that they they picked a fire starter. For the Chinese, well, they didn't have to pick it, right? It was like it was like easy to line up, right? Like, and then on top of that, they were like, out of all the terror types, we could make Cinderace. Let's make it fighting. That's a the biggest troll they've ever done. Okay, this one's funny. I will say this one is this one's funny because it's got everything the same except it has Hui Coco as the dragon and Charmander is the goat. G O A T, greatest of all time. That made me smile for a half a second. Good on you, internet. That was almost... I, I heard that some of the Chinese Zodiac people were going to move that Fue Coco to the dragon and then move Charizard to the snake, because reptiles are snakes, and that's how they were going to make it work. <laughs> it's, it's like the movie of Mean Girls. Like, you just can't... can't, you can't uh, fetch is not going to happen. It's like, stop trying... Uh, I mean, stop, fetch is going to happen. Stop trying to make it happen. You know, we all we all came out of the Charizard raids. Now we're going into Cinderace raids. And my worry prior to them announcing Cinderace was that people were just going to use what they built for Charizard and just kind of try to make it work for pretty much everything going forward. We've already seen this. Cinderace or not, we've already seen people just bring whatever that they built for Charizard and it's going forward. Uh, that's why I've made a couple YouTube videos. I already made a YouTube video of like what you should what you could build for Cinderace. And I think some of them are really fun, helpful for other raids. And then, you know, I made a general. Here are like six Pokemon that you can build for general raids uh, to encourage people to try something else. Because I had that problem personally, as, you know, you want to do raids, right? You know, somebody's like, hey, I got an Amoongus raid. You're like, oh, Amoongus has higher Herba Mystica drops. Like, yeah. And then you get to the Amoongus raid and you're like, oh, I don't have anything. And you don't want to keep that person waiting, right? Because they're like, they got the raid. So you, so you're like, ah, I think I can make this work. And then you like, you fumble through it, and you like, you like barely get it. And then you're like, I should really build something different. And then all, and then all of a sudden you get distracted. You're like, oh, squirrel. And then all of a sudden somebody else is like, oh, I got a raid. And you're like, oh yeah, I was supposed to build something. Ah, I think I can make this work again. And that's like the loop you get into, right? So, or you're sitting there and you're like, oh, I don't know what to build. I, I have so much candy. I have so much vitamins and i don't want to put it into something that ends up being bad which is why i made the graphics and the youtube videos to hopefully encourage people to build different things but i wish game freak would release numbers for charizard because as much as i've heard people say like oh charizard was so easy there was probably an equal amount of people that were like i couldn't do charizard like i couldn't do it solo i i you know my raid group like barely were able to do it um, because I would wager to bet that Charizard had more wins. Like, I think Charizard beat more, like... Oh, I see, I see. I think Charizard beat more people than people beat Charizard. That's probably true. Because a bunch know. of people would lot, try it. I know a lot of people who did it solo just fine. Like, did their iron hands because the NPCs don't reduce the the clock. So they just powered it. Like, they just gripped down knuckles and did the whole did the thing it took them forever but well, you they mean did it because I, I i hope no one's bringing iron hands to charizard oh, no i know people who brought iron hands to charizard i absolutely didn't know people who did this i think i think the one reason i don't agree steve actually is that 
uh, you have to get to a certain point in the game to have gotten to the Charizard raids. So if you could just start the game up and have gotten to those Charizard raids right away, I think that it would be right that Charizard would have won against the players more. You could, you just could if you were joining. Yes. But I don't think everybody's going to do that. I disagree. I have read so many comments okay. on Instagram <laughs> and TikTok. Not my own TikToks. Uh, but, but my own TikToks. My own TikToks, other people's TikToks, of people being like, well, I brought a level 60 Pokemon. Was that not good enough? Or... Uh, I I I brought my Quackaval was like and I couldn't beat it. Like the amount of comments I've read that were like I couldn't do Charizard and like I'm bummed because I won't be able to do Cinderace was was incredibly high. I helped over fifty unique people that said they could not do Charizard uh, without coming to stream and joining. And the reason like the fifty is high because it's like okay, what three people haven't done Charizard? All right, that's three. Next three. Next three. I, I think we are underestimating how difficult it is versus people's just general skill sets. A, a, a good analogy I could have is my analogies will always go back to Destiny when it comes to rating is I have gone through Vault of Glass 200, 300 times. It is incredibly easy for me. Like I, I, I could do that whole raid with my eyes closed. The reason that that raid fails is because one person doesn't do what they need to do and your whole team wipes. Same thing for Charizard. It's very hard to do charizard with three other people when one person dies three times one person dies three times is like nine minutes off your 10 minute timer um and you lose even if the other three people are doing everything right so i do find like how many random raids existed where one person joined with a level 50 pokemon or a 60 pokemon and you can't see you have no clue what level their pokemon is but they there's nothing the game doesn't would actually kind of weird if you think about it the game should kind of have like a like a bare minimum, like you should probably be like level, I don't know, 80 or 90, even though I don't recommend 80 or 90. You should just be 100 where somebody's joining and that person causes that whole rate of fail. And if you're only playing with randoms, you can like see oh, like that person's dying a lot. But like it's sometimes you can see it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, sometimes you can. Sometimes you can't. Um, I, I mean, I think we. We are we are speculating off of our own confirmation bias, right? Like you helped a lot of people because people were coming you, for you to help. That and we don't have the breadth and width of the amount of people that even bothered. So it it it's hard to say one way or the other. It would be nice if the Pokemon Company released that type of information just to say, hey, that was really tough. A lot of you didn't make it. Here's a little help for the next one. But it, it is way too hard to fall into the pattern of, because I helped all these people, that was my experience. But I never really heard from the people that didn't need help. And that's, I have no idea. That, 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 that's why I exist. literally brought up, I have read tons of other people's yeah. TikToks of, and you just and go I, through the comments of people being like, I can't, I, I couldn't do it. I have, but I have also heard from a lot of people who could, right? Like we don't have solid numbers. Yeah, so, I, I am just saying that, like, my the only point I'm trying to make is I don't think Charizard was as easy as people are giving it credit for. Like, I can sit here and say Vault of Glass was easy for me and continues to be easy for me. That doesn't mean that it's going to be easy for somebody's, like, somebody else doing it for the first time, even though I'm just like, stand here and shoot this. Like, it's, there's still a lot going on. There's still a lot happening. There's still a lot that people don't, like... 
to this day, there are still people who like, you know, belly drum is the easy strat, right? You just hit belly drum and then you hit play rough. And like the people who hit belly drum like seconds before Charizard is about to set up his shield, which wipes your belly drum out, like that's still happening. Like there, there's just fundamentals of the raid that people aren't doing. And I, I don't, I think could Charizard have been harder? Yeah, maybe like if they gave it Metal Claw or they gave it Thunder Punch or they gave it Solar Beam, could that have been possibly more difficult? Sure. But I think it was difficult enough. Yeah, I think it was difficult. I just, I just shy away from saying majority had a problem with it. I, I, I don't feel comfortable saying that uh, based off of my very limited and your limited experiences. Like, it, what I would like is to see something official. Give me the numbers. Yeah, 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 yeah. The- Tell us what happened so that we can appropriately advise people. Or you can get the word out there saying the majority of you didn't do or couldn't do Charizard appropriately, here's stuff. Like, it'd be, it'd be nice if, if they decided to help people play their game every once in a while. <laughs> well, they, they did. They, they put out a little uh, good transition. They put out braid battle tips. I will say the nice thing about, like, PlayStation games, Destiny or not Destiny, right? Um, you can go to the trophies and you can look. So you can go to, like, Destiny 1, scroll down, and you can go, like, oh, only... 5% of people beat Vault of Glass. One out of 20 people who have purchased your game has experienced the best content that your game had to offer. Which, maybe they're happy with that? Yeah, they're generally happy with that. <laughs> like, just being like the team that worked on like that raid, or the team that works on specifically these raids in, in Sword and Shield, or Scarlet and Violet, like, you would hope that more people experience the thing you've worked on. I mean, it depends on what they, how they make it. Like, I recently found out that, you know, like, most people don't do Savage Rage in Final Fantasy fourteen, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that is hard mm-hmm. content. But it turns out that they make the Savage Raids first, and then downgrade it for, the team then downgrades it for the normal version. Oh. So, like, the people who tend to develop them will make, are also the ones who make the iterations for it. So... Yeah, they probably like, yeah, no, I worked on on these aspects of it and enough people saw it and I'm happy with that. And the hardcore people who I was building this for got their hardcore experience and we know that's a small amount of people. So the article that the Pokemon company put out, which was December 22nd, so yesterday as of recording this, we're recording on the 23rd. It talks about, uh, well, it talks about the different kind of raids. We'll skip that. We have one through seven. It then goes on about training your Pokemon. Uh, so it says getting your team to level 100 may seem but like a challenge, but battling, uh, battling Pokemon that award a lot of experience points like Chansey or using experience candy from Terra Raids will help your Pokemon level up faster. When it comes to base points, you can use items like Power Weight. So they're not, at this point, they're not even mentioning EVs. They're, they're saying base points, but EVs, uh, that can be purchased from the Deli Bird location to speed up the training process. They for whatever reason, did not use the word vitamins here. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. Selling treasures from terror raids like rare bones, nuggets, make it easier to purchase stat training items as well. Okay, so it it says uh, you want to consider Pokemon most effective uh, for battle, for example. Yeah, this is the part I I was waiting for you to get to because it gets even better further down. Yeah, say it, say it. For example, this is Pokemon words, not mine. You want a strong physical attacker like Azumarill, it would benefit from an adamant nature, while a, spilled, a skilled special attacker like Sylveon would get more mo- 
mileage out of a modest nature. So in that sent like in that sentence, like sure, like Azumarill is <laughs> is a physical attacker and should have an adamant nature, right? Sylveon is a special attacker, should have a modest nature. Um, I think this article is really not helpful at all. Oh, but keep also going. they they literally picked a Pokemon that has a base attack set of fifty. Like, there's a reason Azumarill is good, and they're n- they're not even like listing it here, which is which is a problem in itself. Now, again, uh, like the, the somebody's gonna be like, well, if they watched so and so on YouTube, they would know, and it's like. The Pokemon, if the Pokemon company is going to have the, uh, they're going to write an article, they're leaving so much information out here. It's so misleading because I think the people who already were looking up YouTubers, they were doing it way before this article existed. Oh, yes. Supportive Pokemon like Umbreon or Blissey should consider natures for their uh, strengths, including calm or careful natures. You can catch or breed Pokemon with these specific natures. You can use mints. Uh, mints can be purchased from all the Chansey supply locations. And then they say approaching type matchups here. It seems appealing to choose a grass type Pokemon to counter a Talonflame that has water Terra type, but it's important to remember the types of moves a Pokemon Talonflame might have. That sentence is really good. Yep. Grass mm-hmm. moves will hit Talonflame with super effective, but most of Talonflame's moves are probably going to be fire or flying, which would deal super effective damage right back at grass Pokemon. Again, I think this whole paragraph is good. In this case, an Electric-type Pokemon like Miraidon is particularly strong. It can deal super effective damage or resist flying-type moves like Brave Bird. Staying in the battle is just as important as doing damage, which I agree with. That's a really great line. So picking a Pokemon with effective defensive typing goes a long way for coming out victorious. Battling and cheering. Every battle requires its own strategy. Uh, there's times to bring a damage-dealing Pokemon like a Mizumarill, but there's uh, also time to support the rest of your squad with a defensive-like Pokemon like Blissey. Uh, if your teammates are choosing a Pokemon like Perserker or Umbreon with supportive moves like Screech, it is probably best to pick a Pokemon like a Zoomerill that can take advantage of stat-decreasing moves. Also, really helpful sentence there. If, you're t- if your team has already uh, has the damage covered with strong Pokemon... To deal super effective attacks, bringing a Pokemon with defensive moves like Light Screen or Reflect in addition to moves like Metal Sound or Screech will have a positive impact than picking other strong Pokemon. A million percent agree. Again, we're we're two for three out of like paragraphs here. <laughs> Cheering is another element. This is a hu- another thing that I, I've noticed multiple people do not hit or press. Cheering doesn't charge your Terra Orb which requires you to land three attacks before it can be activated, but it can help your teammates deal damage by boosting offensive power, keeping them on the field. Keeping everyone in battle indirectly speeds up terrestrializing and ensures that the time needed to complete terror raid battles doesn't deplete too quickly. So they, they say cheering helps, but they don't talk anything about yeah, like, about- what it does. <laughs> it helps. Figure it out. Okay, so again, this is th- these are the Pokemon they're recommending, and th- this is... This is just bad. It's it's say just it. not great. Say it. Say the first one. So the first say one it. they recommend is Azumarill. With? With Superpower, Belly Drum, Liquidation, and Play Rough. The next Pokemon that we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to all of these. The next Pokemon is Umbreon with Light Screen, Reflect, Screech, and Taunt. 
Uh, then you have uh, Blissey with Life Do, Light Screen, Reflect, Tail Whip. This is such a bad moveset. Holy cow. Uh, we'll get to that in a, in a second. Uh, Garchomp, Earthquake, Outrage, Rock Slide, Swords Dance. Berserker with Iron Head, Screech, Sword Dance, Taunt. Coridon with Collision Course, Drain Punch, Screech, Swords Dance. And Miraidon with Electro Drift, Metal Sound, Parablotic, Parablo, whatever that, Parabolic Charge, and then Taunt. So my number one problem with this is it, there, there are no abilities listed, which uh, in the case of Azumarill is incredibly important. <laughs> it's also it's breaking the game. Yes, also, uh, well, I don't think it's specifically, I think it's play rough that's the problem. Well, what I've heard, it's the play rough combined with huge power. It can't calculate, it currently can't calculate the damage correctly. And so it freaks out and makes the HB bar go out because there's something wrong with the calculation that it's doing right now. Got it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I've, I feel like I've been in plenty of raids without a zoom roll <laughs> and the HP bar is still freaking out. So. Yeah, I mean, the HBR bar is freaking out, but, like, the situation where I was running into where I had three Azumarill and they all did play rough with huge power and the game was just, like... Made it extra broken. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just going to fill this up, but it's going to be twice as long now, so... Yeah, no, like, like yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. have done... I have been with Belly Drum Satitans. I have been with Belly yeah. Drum Iron Hands. I have been with Belly Drum Charizards. Like, I have, I, I have been in a million different situations where the HP bar has freaked out. Yeah. The whole problem with this Azumarill raid is, one, th- going back to that first paragraph, they recommend Azumarill, which is, like, their Azumarill's attack set is terrible. It's really bad. It's based at 50. I made a joke that Tinkaton, I know people love Tinkaton, but it has a terrible attack set, too. Its attack set is 70, which is not great. Um, just for reference, the Pokemon I like to refer- reference here is Krabby. Krabby has an attack stat of 105. Krabby? But Krabby uh, is ugly, and Tinkaton is awesome. Uh, Krabby goes cookie, cookie, cookie in the anime, Greg. Uh, Tinkaton has a giant hammer and will end your existence. She does. Too bad she doesn't have the strength to use it. So Azumarill has oh, an attack set of, just of fine. 50, which is really bad. The reason that it's good is because it needs Belly Drum, but also because of its ability, huge power. Nowhere in here do they reference huge power. Uh, so, or, or even explain the process of Belly Drum, right? Like, Yeah. <laughs> Like, like they I, I, they phoned as much as they could in before going out for the holiday. Pretty much, Umbreon with light a light screen reflects screech taunt. That's like fine, I guess. Uh, my problem here is Blissey with light screen reflect and tail whip. Like there's there's literally no reason in the entire world where you would ever want Blissey to have reflect. Maybe I guess maybe if the Pokemon you're fighting against is a mixed attacker but even in that case don't bring blissey bring a different pokemon like i'm honestly bring umbreon just to talk about numbers again blissey has uh, an hp stat of 255 incredibly high blissey's attack stat is 10 so azumarill's attack stat is 50 tinkaton's attack stat is 70 Krabby's attack stat is 105, for whatever reason. <laughs> Blissey's is 10. I'm going to skip Blissey's defense stat for a second. Blissey's special attack, 75. Also higher than Tinkaton's physical attack stat. You know, not that you would ever use Blissey to attack, but you could. 
Would you quit picking on my girl? Now, Blissy's Enough. special defense stat is 135. It's incredibly high. That's very good. So, tied with the special defense and the HP, Blissey is a special wall. It is very hard for a Pokemon like Charizard using special type moves to knock out Blissey. That's why Blissey was pretty decent for Charizard raids. Also, Blissey has access to Life Dew, which this article recommends, which gives you healing without wasting one of your cheers. Okay, let's go back to Blissey's attack stat. It's 10. T- 10. It is it is so incredibly low. Uh, it, it, you would never, ever want to bring this to a physical raid. So the fact that this article is like, yeah, put reflect on Blissey. Did you mean defense stat? Yeah, I said defense stat. What did I say? Attack stat. Oh, my bad. It's attack and it's defense are the same. They're both 10. They're both bad. It's, it's, it's just not a great article. But anyways, the, the, the whole point of... <laughs> Like, there are no abilities here. They don't mention the word vitamins at all. They, like, just kind of reference that maybe you should know about EVs. And they're like, yeah, buy these power bracelets. Like, they don't... Like, this article is so terrible for... Yes, it's terrible for helping people who don't understand the mechanics that have existed for a while. It's good at explaining the new things for the most part. It's good at explaining how Terra works. It's good at uh, at least mentioning that the cheers exist but anything that there are already plenty of resources out there for this is bad (laughs) if anyone should be providing (laughs) proper resources it should probably be pokemon.com right like they have had good articles in the past Mm -hmm. they partnered with uh goof who was a pretty popular unite player at the time i don't know if he even plays unite anymore uh but when unite was like super big they interviewed him they talked about strategies. They've they've worked with Aaron Zhang before, uh, who is a commentator for the Pokemon Company. Uh, he has written articles. I don't know who wrote this article, but it's not great. I think this article does more damage more damage than than good here. Like I don't think there's enough good in this article where I would I would feel confident to recommend it to somebody and be like, "Yep, look at these lists." Because you would look at like the Azumarill and you'd be like, "Okay, well it says I need Adamant Nature." Um, it doesn't say where my EVs should be. It doesn't say what nature I should have. It doesn't say what held item would be. It doesn't even mention held items at all <laughs> in this entire thing. And this goes back to like why I, I don't have faith in people beating Charizard <laughs> is because I did I did a Honchcrow raid, six star Honchcrow. Six stars are not as hard as seven, right? Um, statistically on the on the the star scale, seven is harder than six, ideally. Honchcrow is flying dark. Or maybe it's dark flying. I don't know. One of the two. <laughs> and its Terra type was steel. Okay. Got it. Mm-hmm. Making sense. So I before... before uh, It's officially dark flying. Thank you. Before I went into the raid, I looked up the moveset, which I think is part of the problem with some of these raids, is if you knew the moveset going into a six-star raid you could make a better educated choice of what Pokemon to bring. Unless we go back to my first problem, which I brought up in the beginning of this episode, where people don't know what Pokemon to build. And so, therefore, they just don't build one, right? Some people just want a list like Pokemon.com has provided, but this list is bad. So I was like, okay, here are the... This is the moveset for Honchkur. I read it out loud. It knew five moves. It knew a 
dark type move. It knew a flying type move. It knew like roost. I think it knew taunt. It knew like tailwind, right? It wasn't a, a very diverse move set. Didn't have any steel type moves. Because most, I, th- I still think it's odd that not all Pokemon know Terra Blast because they could just know Terra Blast so they could take advantage yeah. of their random mm-hmm. Terra type. That's fine. And so what What I, I was like, please bring level 100. You know, it's weak. It's steel. You know, it doesn't have any steel type moves. Three Charizards. Thank you, my Twitch chat. Three Charizards showed up in my, in my raid. And I was like, well, at least I know they're level 100, right? Because you caught the Charizard. Takes neutral damage from flying type moves, and it takes, you know, neutral damage from dark type moves, so that's not the worst choice. I then proceeded to watch all three Charizards not cheer, not boost their stats, just they all hit Focus Blast, and they'd tickle, tickle, tickle the Haunch Crow because it didn't really do any damage. Because, you know, Focus Blast isn't a stab from Charizard, same type attack bonus. And then I just watched all three Charizards faint, and then we lost the raid. And I was like, no, I don't have any faith in people beating Charizard, because how how, how did this happen so fast in this haunch crew? I mean, you are also you are also ignoring the fact that people like to troll you. I d- yeah yeah they do. I've seen it multiple times. I don't think they were trolling. I mean, some of them are like Charizard, my best friend, because you said I had to bring somebody that's level one hundred and they want to be on on the screen. Yeah, if that's your only requirement. Troll you. Like, <laughs> like, let's not make business cases off of your one Twitch stream. I'm not. Why? Do, I don't know why you keep saying this. I like. Do you think I live in this bubble of just my own Twitch stream? No. Like, I literally but you watch use those all- examples a lot. Yeah, the, of course, because they're personal experiences. Yeah, I literally consume so much Pokemon content. I still watch so many other creators. I, 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 I'm on TikTok. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Twitter. Like, I'm not yeah. in this nutshell yeah. of my own Twitch stream, Greg. I am. Like, I'm not like literally watch like go go tonight. Go on tonight on Twitch. Watch ten creators. I bet you'll see the I same do. thing. Go on YouTube. Watch a bunch of videos. I bet you'll see the I same do. thing. Constant TikToks. It, like, I, like I'm trying to bring up examples of people struggling in raids because literally I, people are struggling in raids. They are. I I agree. So, like, I'm not in this, like, bubble of, like, well, it's just your viewers. Like, I, I think there is a deeper issue here of people not understanding terror raid battles, and I'm doing everything I can to make sure people have a better experience. Because, like I said weeks ago, and what I continue to say, is no one wants to join a terror raid battle because they don't want to be the weak link. So they would rather just skip out on the terror raid and not do it with people. We had that experience last night where somebody was like, I really can't beat this armor rouge and I want to catch this armor rouge because I saw your graphic for Cinderace. And I was like, cool, let me help you out. And they were like, I'm really bad. I don't want to embarrass myself. And I was like, I do not care if we lose five times in a row. I want to make sure you get this raid done because I want you to catch this Pokemon. Like people are so like there, there is such a stigma around video games where any time there is a co-op or a group experience, people do not want to feel like they are bringing down the entire team. So they just rather pass on the content. And I am doing everything I can to make sure people enjoy the game to the fullest. So it is really frustrating when you're like, well, you're just living in a nutshell. You're just living in in your own world. It's just your Twitch chat. Like I'm trying so hard to make these people feel welcomed and to make these people feel educated and to make these people feel like they can do the raids by themselves or with other people or take that information and give it on to friends. And it's really frustrating to see Pokemon.com making things even harder. Yes. I I have Cinderace counters uh, on YouTube, on Instagram. I think I think those are best. Although although we don't know Cinderace's exact move set, um, it is possible that Cinderace does Cinderace does learn one electric type move. Uh, although it 
it's a special attack. Incinerace's physical attack um, is incredibly high. Even through my damage calculations, if you brought a Pokemon like Pelipper, which is four times weak to electric, uh, the Electro Ball that Cinderace could learn uh, would not be able to knock Pelipper out. It would be about like 98%. It would be very, very close, but um, that would be like the most damaging situation. So I, I don't think that Cinderace would have Electro Ball. I, I think it's very safe that Cinderace has like High Jump Kick, obviously Pyro Ball, probably Iron Head. Um, but it's coming around twice. If Cinderace has some wild moveset, uh, we, we, we can we can we can tweak. But I think we'll learn about it that first week. We'll learn about it that first day if it's got something real weird. Yeah, and I I think the the great thing about these seven star raids is that um, the rewards are really good. So it does encourage you to help people. I mean, you could just do one and done, which yeah, some people. Well, might also do. I think. I know there's a lot of people who are like, I don't see them. And you do have to have had, like, if you're looking for random raids or raids on your own map, you do have to unlock six star raids. I know a lot of people are like, I never see them. I'm like, did you uh, do the six star raid unlock? Because you're not going to see them. They're not going to appear on your map. Yes. Once six star raids appear, you will see seven star. But... Like and I said, like I said, you could you could just join somebody's right. Like you could just, but I mean, you have to join somebody with a code, right? Yeah, like, you have to it actively go looking. Yeah, you have to go look for it because I know there's a lot of people who are like I'm in the random map and it's never showing up. You have to have a code to join them. They will not show up randomly either. They didn't show up randomly for me until I unlocked six stars, and then suddenly they were there. So if if you are watching somebody or you have a friend who has them unlocked, you need to work with them to get a code because then you can just join. But if you have not unlocked six star raids, they will not appear on your map. They will not appear in your random list. Also, what I would say, this was a thing that came from Sword and Shield. Still works here. Uh, as long as you don't connect to the internet, um, once Cinderace is gone, he will, he will stay. Uh, so I was able to do like a Charizard on Monday which was like nonstop people being like, how do you still have Charizard? As long as you don't connect to the internet, you're good. Um, so you can get like one extra Cinderace on Monday, um, which you'd have to solo it, but it's good practice if you want to try solo. And also, well, also frustrating because you'll learn how the NPCs uh, can be. Oh. Can, it's a roll <laughs> they, of a dice with the NPCs. <laughs> the NPCs can sometimes be really good. Yeah, I mean, like... I think I think overall I'm going to say I think overall the NPCs in this game are better than they were in Sword and Shield. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't have a I don't have a Martin experience yet. I well, Martin would make the game better. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe I I think I think Larry should just join every once in a while and just be there like they wasn't made me some, come. Wasn't there something in the Crown Tundra where like people did join your raid? Yeah, every once in a while in the Crown Tundra, you would get, uh, you would get a big like Arvin big and name. Clarissa would like yeah, join. Arvin and Clarissa would jump in, and one other would sometimes jump in. I forget who, but yeah, every once in a while you'd be like, "Oh, look, a famous person joined my raid." I think I think the problem with solo raids, and uh, well, Hannah, can you explain your experience? You you said you tried to solo and it didn't work with NPCs. Gosh, yeah, I didn't try very hard building. I mean, I I built. Let's see, you're talking about Charizard, right? Yeah, you said you tried yes. Charizard. Char, char, yes. char, char. <laughs> you tried Charizard solo. It didn't work. You came into Twitch, and then yep. I was able to help you out. I am I am still kind of new to the thinking about Pokemon competitively. I have tried here and there, 
but have always been way too busy with school and stuff. Just haven't been in a point in my life where I could focus on that. So I am just starting to now. I built one of the pretzel dogs based off of your graphic. I put all of the right moves on it. Evie trained it a little bit. And I mean, I probably didn't have the right tactics. I didn't, I wasn't timing it right. Like you've been talking about with the shield and the breaking the attack defense boosts, all of that. So that was probably something I did wrong. It's very possible it was on me and not on the NPCs, but I have had some better experiences with NPCs and some worse experience with experiences yeah. with NPCs. It kind of, it really is a roll of the dice. Yeah. Sometimes they have a Pokemon that's super effective. Sometimes they definitely, definitely do not. Yeah, I mean, the NPCs, in my experience, because I've done a lot of on my own stuff and I did I did one Charizard one on my own and it's weird if you sometimes like if you're just not an attacker they're doing all the cheers and sometimes if you're doing the cheers they like are just all out attackers so you kind of have to pay attention to what your NPCs are doing if you can even see it yeah but the problem is of course <laughs> sometimes you just can't see it mm -hmm. right like sometimes you just have no clue what anybody's doing because you can't see or you're stuck on a menu but mm -hmm. I think overall, I have, there's a couple of things that people I've talked to who have very, who do very, very successful solo raids is one, they have something that they built very specifically for the raid. And two, they don't really care about the NPCs as much because the NPCs don't seem to affect the countdown timer. They just aren't. They don't. Yeah. If they doing die, any additional your timer's fine. They die and they don't do damage. So they, people that I know who do a lot of solo content are building one very specific, like special attacker or physical attacker for that. They do the one cheer and then they just plow through and let the NPCs figure it out. And again, the NPCs are somewhat random. So you'll either get a great group and it will, you'll sail through or you'll get the weird mix of like, whoa, how, how did any of this get chosen? So I think the end, like it is easier if you're with people, although with other people, you really need to be coordinated, right? Like I've found mm -hmm. it's easier to do it with people in a room than it is to do it with randoms. Because if you can't communicate, you can't often, you can't see what they did anyways, or you, they'll they'll have done something and then suddenly they're just gone, right? Like the Pokemon is gone, and the menu hasn't updated, and it you don't have any communication with each other, and there's nothing in the game to say what happened. It's tough in the fact that unless you're in a room or you're in a situation where one person can communicate to everybody, working with other people can be incredibly difficult. I do I do like that entire Charizard weekend. I was just jumping into random raids, and it was hit or miss whether we did it or not, right? Like, communication is vital if you have everybody because everybody's death takes away from the counter where that doesn't happen in solo. Um, so, like, it, the, the raid thing right now is super weird and your experiences are going to be all over the board depending on how you want to approach the game. And then if you prepare for the seven-star raids and you're hopping into Delibird raids and things like that, the Delibird raids are a breeze with anyone. <laughs> they're <very easy. laughs> yeah, they're very easy. Yeah, like uh, when I went to solo Charizard on Monday, because I, could, I couldn't do it with people, right? Like the second you connect right. to the internet, it goes it's away. Gone. 
um i was like oh i'll just bring grim snarl because that's what i was using for charizard anyways and the like i i I, charizard couldn't kill me uh he couldn't knock me out because i was so bulky but at the same time i was like oh i'm not doing enough damage and like it's not even like me dying taking away from the timer it's just like i cannot do enough damage fast enough to knock out charizard so the second time i did it all i did was change one of my moves to bulk up and I just bulked up twice, and I was like, "Oh, now I'm doing, uh, I'm doing enough damage. Yeah. Perfect." Yeah, like, it's it seems best from what I can tell. If you're gonna do solo content, it is best that you're the main attacker. Yes, <laughs> because you cannot rely on the you can rely on the NPCs to heal you. You can sometimes rely on the NPCs to buff you up, but you cannot rely on the NPCs to do damage. Yeah, I think I think. Anyone who's doing it solo needs to rely on sword stance or fake tears or screech um, or any of that. Usually, preferably something that bulks you up because yeah. you can't screech or fake tears if their shield is up. Um, there, there's ways to get around that, but you like a sword stance or a calm mind or a bulk up uh, to bulk you up is 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 very helpful for for solo content. Uh, d- the last point is to piggyback off what Greg said because I think Greg made an excellent point is is it's really hard to play with randoms um and i think if you are a more skilled player and you're playing with randoms you kind of have to make choices that benefit the entire team so if you see like two people are picking azumarill and one person's picking a charizard you can you have to look at that as a player and be like none of these are support so i need to play support yeah Uh, Mm -hmm. it's almost like an overwatch or uh or even a pokemon unite where it's not going to work if we're all the same <laughs> class. If we pick five speedsters, yeah. I don't think that's a good team composition. And I think also, if you're going to do with randoms, you kind of have to choose your Pokemon based off of, like, just consider them NPCs. Mm-hmm. You can't, well, you're not going to be able to though. tell what, what they're going to do. <laughs> we argue so, that maybe they're worse than NPCs. NPCs so, don't have a penalty when they die. Yeah, yeah they take and away they, from the timer. They, they take away from the timer. So, like, if you're looking at what they're doing on the screen, at least you get a bit of a hint of what the NPCs are going to do before you go in and make adjustments accordingly. Even if you're doing everything right, like let's, again, going back to the example, you see two Azumarils, you see a Charizard, you'd end up picking Blissey. You're like, I'll, I'll, I'll play support here, right? Azumarill can do enough damage, Charizard's kind of like that middle, Charizard's like not major damage, but also pretty bulky, can be bulky. You still don't know what level they're at, you still don't like you. You don't know if they know the move set. Um, like, there's just so many variables that really make the random experience not great. That goes to all games, right? Like, yeah, you, 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 oh, yeah. you, you hear yeah. it all the time with Pokemon Unite. Like, oh, I, I, yep. I just want to play with a team because there's no communication. Yep. While I, while I said like playing with randoms is not great, I don't think that discredits how much. Fun, at least I'm having personally with the raid system. Like, I, like it really is a fantastic experience, at least for me, because it does scratch that same itch that Destiny has scratched. Of like, this is content that I find relatively easy, but the challenge for me is to help other people get through it. Where their challenge might be just I'm bad at Pokemon. I don't know yeah. anything about EVs. Like I've never built a team. Like it was, it was genuinely exciting for me to do that armor rouge raid uh, and help people get that armor rouge because that armor rouge was specifically really good for Cinderace coming up. And then, like, I was like, "This is perfect." And then I built that armor rouge in front of people, 
And it was like really great for people to be like, Hey, can I, can I see your stats one more time? Like what moves did you have? Like, where do I get that held item? And like, have like a bunch of people like copy that and be like, Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Like I have this Pokemon for next week. And like, like that felt so good to be like, Oh, ideal. Hopefully armor Rouge is very good for now. I think it will be. <laughs> I ran all the calculations. <laughs> yeah. We are, we are, we are hopefully guessing correctly because we don't really know what's going to happen. I think it's interesting that like I do almost entirely random raid battles. Like I will just spend nights jumping into random raids and yep. it's really interesting to see just the vat. Like you just have to approach it. Like it's a 50, 50 shot. If you're going to get it. Mm-hmm. Can I ask Greg, what's, what's your experience yeah. with final fantasy raids? Cause final fantasy raids, very similar to destiny raids to me as like this harder content, probably easy for you, Greg, I'm assuming. Cause you've ran it 40 times. You've ran it probably every week for five years. Right. Do you get, do you, is there a point where I got, I, I'm not sure what question I'm asking, but like for you, like I'm, I'm very confident for you, Final Fantasy raids, you can do it with your eyes closed. Yeah. Probably plenty of people joining those raids, very first time they're doing it. Well, I mean, again, it depends. Like nobody's good the first day or the first week, right? Like Final Fantasy 14 raids are all like your gear like most of them aren't gear locked they don't set your stats so of course the longer they're out the better equipped everybody is and you just steamroll them um but yeah if you so final fantasy raids generally the first two or three weeks they're out are absolute chaos of (laughs) they've introduced new mechanics there's a lot that you have to pay attention to there's they've never done this thing with this boss before um, and so the good thing about the raid system in MMOs is they specifically accept only X amount of roles, right? Like if you're going to do an eight man raid, it's two tanks, two healers, and the rest are DPS. And that is forced on you by the game. Um, and you can't alter that. You have to, you, you have to do those things. And yeah, a bad tank and a bad healer can absolutely take down a raid Mm -hmm. um but generally it's you're only suffering for the first week and then everybody's everybody's on board and then eventually all the hardcore people get the gear that makes those things a breeze um and it, it, it can be frustrating when you get a new person but the good thing about final fantasy 14 is they can type in the chat and communicate, <laughs> hey, I'm new and I do not know what I'm supposed to be doing. And you can explain it, right? Like, this boss will do this. Yeah. Watch out for this. And I think the problem um, with these Pokemon raids is, like... Is you can't communicate. Even if you could communicate, like... What do you... What, like, let, let's say you could communicate before the Honchkrow. And be like, okay, so I type in, like, hey, heads up, Honchkrow doesn't have any Steel-type attacks. Still doesn't dictate whether or not they have a good enough Pokemon, right? Right. Right. Because, like, I, I, I had to tell my Twitch chat, I was like, look, I know you guys want to do some of these raids. It's okay. If, 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 if you're looking at your five Pokemon that you have built and you're going to say, like, oh, none of these are good, then don't join. It's okay. Like, d- d- <laughs> like it's just, you are, you are just hurting the entire team if you're bringing something that's going to die. I think unlike a Final Fantasy or unlike a Destiny where your your skills can kind of carry you 
Like, it doesn't matter how much knowledge you have with Pokemon if you bring that grass-type Pokemon yeah. to a Talonflame raid. <laughs> I mean, it's the ultimate problem of a turn-based system and, and a, a very strict level-based system, right? Like, they don't necessarily gatekeep you from getting into there like MMOs do. Like, if, if you are too low level, you are not going to get a level 80 player in an 85 dungeon. It's just, they're just barred from Yeah, it's, doing. it's just shocking that, like, the, the six-star raids don't say, like, you must be right. level 80. Right, and it's weird that they don't... I, I mean, I do agree, like, they sh- there are many things they can learn to do. Um, what, one thing that would help is, like, a role system, but, like, there aren't roles in Pokemon. So that's... I mean, Pokemon is just attack. It's, like, everything in the game just teaches you attack. Just attack and you'll be fine. Right. And then when you get to raids, it's like, okay, so maybe not, but we're not ever going to explain that to you. Yes. We're, we're just never going to do an in-game explanation. We're never going to have an in-game tutorial, and we're never going to have an in-game actual system I, that will Does the school check. talk about raids? They do a little. I've taken all the classes. They talk about little, but they don't talk about the hard ones, which is six and seven, because... You discover them on your own. So yeah. the skills you learn about raids in school, which I will say the school is incredibly helpful, don't translate. Mm-hmm. They just don't translate to the higher difficulty. They, they don't teach really enough about don't. typing. I, they don't tell you enough no. about Terra to begin with. They have one yeah. screen about it <laughs> and you can very easily yeah. breeze past it. I had a yeah. friend who didn't even see them explain Terra at all. And had no idea what this was doing because they don't pay attention to the game content or the advertisements before getting the game. So they had well, no I, idea what Terra was yeah. at all. I would argue that 18 gym badges, an Elite Four, another eight gym leaders, a Champion Cup should teach you about the typing part. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean... Pokemon does a good job about teach like this game in particular does a good job about typing. It does a good thing like you have an entire math class that's about super effective and non-effective moves. Like they do all that work, but the game literally does teach you in almost every PVE situation, pure power overrides everything. And then when you get to the higher raids, they literally just tell you don't go there. That's right. all they say. Right. And what's, what's, they say, what's, don't really, go there. what's really crazy to think about is if you think about competitive, the thing that matters so much in competitive isn't pure power, although very important. Right. It's speed and specifically yeah. speed control. Um, that's why like things like Tailwind, Thunder Wave, uh, uh, Trick Room, they're so vital to letting you win that match. And I think in, in raids, it's not that at all, right? Like speed is so right. irrelevant in raids. Yeah, speed and I, is. I don't whatever. know even if they if they fixed the the leg, if speed would even matter anymore than it already doesn't. But the thing I, that really matters in raids is is, gosh, I don't even know how to word it. It's like the like the swords dance and the the like acid right. spray and the like like somebody watching HP to hit healing. Like it is really. Stat- like, stat manipulation is incredibly important in raids, and they don't talk about it at all much, really. Like, they don't really talk about it. What I had kind of hoped is after you had done all the school stuff, and Jacques was like, oh, stay away from six raid, that they had, like, an in-school simulator that would, like, walk through the raids. And they just don't. 
They're just like, go have fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, it's it's also just just not understanding the mechanics of the game. And I don't like I don't want to put that blame on the user, right? Because, like, you know, the very first time I played Red and Blue, right? You pick a Squirrel, you pick a Charmander, you pick a Bulbasaur, and your options are, like, Scratch and Growl. And yep. as a kid, and you, you hit the Growl button, and you're like, well, that didn't do any damage. It lowered its attack. I don't really know what that means. Right. And so, mm-hmm. like, that, that's kind of like the running joke as, as kids or even, like, adults that used to play Pokemon as kids is, like, does this move do damage? No. I'm not no. going to teach it then. Right. Now, the moves that don't do damage are the most important moves. Yeah. And I was, like, trying to explain to somebody that, like, I was like, oh, well, with, with Goldengo or Goldengo, you want to use Make It Rain. It does 120 damage. And you want a nasty plot, and then you want to make it rain, and then you want to make it rain. And they were like, why would I do that when I could just flash cannon three times in a row? And I was like, well, f- flash cannon's only doing 80 80 plus 80 is 160. 160 plus 80 is 240. So in three turns, you're doing 240 damage. So two turns of Make It Rain is 240 damage. <laughs> and then if you nasty plot, it's just like that nasty plot changes that math. So it, it's it's right. so it's so much higher. Like like yeah. the, the quick math on nasty plot plus two Make It Rains is 200 is is 420 damage compared to what did I say? 240. 240. Like yeah. like there's a huge difference there. Yeah, in three turns, um, yeah, and that's I th- what these I think status type moves are, are 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 helping. And nowhere again, nowhere in the game does it tell you. Yeah, that. I mean the thing is, is they they you have to extrapolate it from the classes, which most people don't even know that they should take the classes <laughs> in the school at all. They're so and, good, and, and complete the two semesters of classes you yeah. have to take at the school. This is all from the math class, and the math class is actually really good. This yeah. is, I mean. Like I said before, I am coming to this. I am just starting to try to get into more competitive, more uh, tactician-like Pokemon now. Um, I am thinking more about my Pokemon now. And the math class had those basics down. But Mm -hmm. you don't have to take the classes. And you don't have to... Well, you kind of have to pay attention to them. But (laughs) not entirely. Yeah. Not a lot. I do think about Final Fantasy XIV raids. I did a ton when I played. And I do think about, like, Destiny raids. like. The first time I did Vault of Glass, it was I had no clue what I was doing. I didn't I didn't know yeah. what I was getting in for for a raid. I, di- I didn't like the first time I did Vault of Glass. I sat there for six hours with five people on voice comms that I have never met before. Uh, like I went to I went to Reddit. They were like, we're doing Vault of Glass. I was like, cool, I want to do this. They were explaining how to do it as I was going. I didn't think I had like the right gear or the right guns. And eventually we did it. And. Funny enough, that raid was incredibly buggy at the end, and it was like, well, we failed this because it, it just glitched <laughs> out. And, you know, in newer Destiny raids, they, they do the same thing, right? Like, people try to figure it out. Like, that's a whole thing yeah. in the Destiny community yeah. is, like, who can figure out this raid and beat it the fastest? And then, like, actually, Bungie gives you, like, a WWE, like, belt. Like, they mail it to you because you were, like, the first team to, like, figure it out. So there, there is fun there. Like, I'm not saying, like, right. that's not the worst thing in the world. Like, there is right. fun to people trying to figure out the, the thing. It just brings me back to the article and reading this, and it's like, oh, this well, this article isn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's interesting because Final Fantasy fourteen solved that problem by creating the trust system, and you can go in with competent players, which is the NPCs, and learn the mechanics 
of all the fights before you have to do it with anybody else. And the NPCs, while one incredible thing they did is, depending on who you bring, they all behave slightly different according to their personality. So they will do certain moves in certain orders that are story-driven, which is really cool. But they will do they will do the mechanic and call out the mechanic. Like, in there's things called stack markers in Final Fantasy XIV, and when they appear, all the NPCs will run together, and somebody will shout, gather. And so you, you can learn in a stress-free environment where you're not with other people what these mechanics are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think like, it's one of the best things they've ever done, because people can now come prepared and be like, I've done it with NPCs. It took a long time because NPCs aren't optimized, but I now understand what I'm supposed to do and I I can actually do this confidently. And I wish there was something like that in this game. Final Fantasy does love to stack characters on top of each other too. Oh, you have no idea how crazy the stack markers have gotten. There are now tank-specific stack markers and you have to pay attention to the dots above because if it's a big raid where there's three tanks, you have to pay attention if it's two dots or three dots, because that's how many tanks have to be there. Look, things have gotten complicated they, they, in that world. I just that was that was one of the most common mechanics they defaulted on in Final Fantasy XIV was everyone stand up on top of each other. Yeah, and now they have everybody stand up on top of each other, but these three people have to run away. <laughs> Hey, hello. This is also a great week to support us on Patreon. Hey, a Patreon ad in the middle of the episode. Hey, look, listen, before you skip forward, there's some changes. want to talk to you real quick before we get back to the episode. Number one is now you do not have to wait to the start of the month to subscribe on Patreon. If you subscribe on the 20th of the month, you will get billed every 20th of every month going forward, which is great. This was a, a old archaic issue that happened with Patreon where if you subscribed on like the 25th, you would get charged on the 25th and you would get charged on the first and then you would get charged on the first going forward. But now you can feel safe to subscribe at any point to our Patreon. Number two, we revamped the rewards. $5 tier is still going to get you access to our Slack, still going to get you our ad-free episodes, still going to get you those bonus episodes. The $10 tier now has a poster, limited time poster, uh, if you subscribe for three months at the $10 level. Also, the $10 level gets you access to our show notes, so you'll be able to see all the notes of who's going to be on the episode, what are we going to talk about. You can also add to that if you want to support the $10 level. You also get your name in the YouTube credits if you watch on YouTube. And then the $25 level has a year's worth of merchandise that you will be able to get if you subscribe at the $25 level every month. There are also, there are also other rewards in that tier, as well as a 50 and 100 if you want to support. It is a great way. I do this full-time. I make Pokemon content full-time. It's one of the best ways to support me and the show. Patreon.com slash P-K-M-N-C-A-S-T. Also, for the remainder of the month, for anyone who is subscribed this month on Patreon, you get an exclusive uh, wallpaper for your phone. You can download that. If you have a Samsung, iPhone, whatever, it will work. It is custom for you all to use on your phones in a personal use situation. But again, if you want to support the show, isc.cash. Uh, or patreon.com slash p-k-m-n-c-a-s-t again the best time to sign up as we gear up for scarlet and violet there will be more stuff coming throughout the rest of this month and next month 
and you get to support the show. And we have over 500 people on our Slack you can hang out with. You can hang out on the Discord too, whichever one you prefer. But uh, again, ad-free episodes, bonus episodes, physical rewards, patreon.com slash p-k-m-n-c-a-s-t. It'll be in the show notes. Easy to remember. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Speaking of stacking, uh, Niantic likes to stack on all the Eevees. We got a new winter. Uh, is this this is part two? This is the this yeah, is this the, holiday the part two. Holiday part two. Electric Boogaloo. It kicked off today as we're recording this. It will run for a full week. This is a brand new hat for Eevee, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Eevee will make its holiday holiday hat debut, I guess. Uh, but also. It can evolve, so it has all the Eevee evolutions here, although I'm pretty sure you're not finding those in the wild. I think it's just, if you evolve the Eevee, you can get... I, it doesn't seem very clear that you can't find them in the wild, I'm assuming When I scroll not. down to Wild Encounters, it's just Eevee. I don't think they're in yeah. raids either. No. They're only available by evolving Eevee wearing the hat. Is what I'm seeing. Unless you want Glaceon in an undersea holiday outfit yeah. from last Build a bear. year, uh, which that is in raids, but not in the wild. No. You can only pay money for ho- undersea holiday <laughs> Glaceon. It can be shiny, though. <laughs> so Eevee with a hat can be shiny. Uh, the first time ever, trainers will be able to evolve their cub chew wearing a holiday ribbon into bear tick wearing a holiday ribbon. Which that cub chew could be shiny. So the bear tick could be shiny. The I holi- got a shiny one of those last year. I'm excited to be able to evolve it this <laughs> year. <laughs> Why do they wait? I don't understand. I, I think initially, I don't know. I don't have any inside information. This is just an opinion. Uh, I think initially they were against evolving it because that would be too. Well, initially they did have them evolve because initially it was the Pikachu. Yes. Pikachu and Raichu all had the hats at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then some they rats, stopped. And then the Eevees <laughs> came. And then they started doing Pokemon that weren't Eevees and weren't Pikachus. And then they didn't want those to evolve. And now they're like, maybe we can evolve. I don't know. I, I would assume they were like <laughs> listening to people being like, ugh, I'm sick of these hats. Yeah. And now I think that they were listening to people saying that, oh, I got a hundred percent of this Pokemon and I can't use it anywhere. Yes. Yeah, that too. I think that was the feedback. I don't, uh, so I should clarify. I don't know why they initially didn't want them to evolve, but I think they're evolving now based on feedback of, well, I got a 100% ribbon cub chew and I can't do anything with this cub. I could do, I think the big thing was like Togepi, wasn't it? It was like, oh, yeah, Togepi was the big one. I think I got this like perfect Togepi or this would be like amazing for Ultra Cup, but I literally cannot evolve it. I'm going to assume that Niantic's listening there now that they're letting Pokemon evolve. This is not the... F- bear- they did something last week that could evolve for the first time, wasn't it? Something with a hat or something. Yeah, that sounds familiar. <sighs> well, the ho- we'll get to the Hoot Hoot. You can store up to 40 <laughs> gifts for this event. <laughs> uh, you can... Uh, f- Winter Wonderland, so uh, for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day... You get one extra special trade. That's prob- That's pretty good, because if you're seeing family, you can only do one trade. You know, you want to trade with grandma, but, you know, grandpa needs your <laughs> stantler. You can do both. Uh, lucky 
I, I, I don't know if I understand this fully. The number of guaranteed lucky Pokemon a trainer can receive in trade has been increased from 10 to 15. Yes. Starting on set, Hannah's going to have to explain this. Starting Saturday <laughs> the 24th at 10 a.m., if you trade a Pokemon that spent uh, that has spent time in a trainer store since 2017, it is going to be guaranteed to be lucky until that limit is reached. This change is yes. permanent going forward. Yes, so this has been kind of hidden for a long time that every single person had 10 guaranteed lucky trades that if you traded a Pokemon that was old enough, that trade would guaranteed be a lucky trade. And you could get 10 of those, and once you did those 10, you it wouldn't be guaranteed anymore. So now they're just upping that to oh, 15. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Is that a day? No, mm -hmm. that's just in general. No, just total. Oh. So like... Oh. <laughs> so I, it's, I messed it's a this, small... I messed this up. I, I, I was with Greg in Boston, right? And then... Yeah. Uh, Greg was like out doing something because Greg was living the wild life. He was never at the hotel Heck in Boston. Yeah. Why would I be? I'm in a new city. Why would I sit in the hotel? It was 11 o'clock, Greg. I was tired. I was ready to go to bed. <laughs> there's a lot to happen. There's a lot that happens when the sun go down, baby. Uh, I'm the old man in the relationship with me and Greg. <laughs> you, you absolutely are. Greg's the young, vibrant one. <laughs> Greg was out every single night. I was in bed at like 10 o'clock every night. Look, this pattern repeated itself in Philadelphia because I was also out till 2 a.m. every night. Uh, so I messed this up. I didn't understand this. My, my friend Brooke, she didn't have any lucky Pokemon. And she had a shiny Snorlax. And I was like, oh, this is great because it's 11 o'clock. So I'll trade you a Pokemon from 2017. And then I'll get the lucky shiny Snorlax. And then you can ask whatever shiny you want from me. And then you trade me a Pokemon from 2017. And then you, you get the whatever shiny lucky. Because that's great. Because you have to wait till midnight for your lucky thing to reset. But I already did my 10 from 2017. So even though my Pokemon was from 2017. Mm, it wasn't. I think it should have. Yeah, I thought so too. But when I got the Snorlax, it didn't end up being lucky, huh? But when she traded I, well, me her 2017, because her Snorlax was new, her Snorlax was. I think like, it might have only been up to 2016 until this change. Oh, you think so? I think so. If I'm, uh, I'm yeah, getting back like to the page right now. No, I'm on the wrong page. I'm pretty sure that it was only 2016 Pokemon that were the guaranteed ones. I feel like I've made it into 2016. I felt like, I know for <laughs> sure I've done my 10. But I thought mm -hmm. that, like, as long as one of those two Pokemon were old enough, that it would be guaranteed. I think it should be. I also could be explaining it wrong. It's not a mechanic that I have <laughs> looked into in depth because it's so limited. Yeah, it's, it's as well. Because the way it reads here is... They are officially stating 2017 for the first time. So I yeah. I think the belief was that it was a rolling thing, like, well, as long as it, it was it X years ago. It overlaps with the mechanic of as long as it was, I believe, three or more years ago, then you have a higher chance of it becoming lucky. But that's different from the guaranteed lucky. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yes, because I think if it was, yeah. But it says if you trade a Pokemon that has spent time in your storage, it is guaranteed to be lucky until the limit is reached. So because yeah. I hit my limit of 10, I traded the old one. Yeah, and it didn't work. Mm. And it didn't work. Mm -hmm. But now, now, so everyone up to this point would have done the 10. 
So now what they're saying, this is this is the the takeaway. You have five more Pokemon that would be guaranteed. So what I would recommend is like I would take my five Pokemon from 2017 and I would trade them to like Greg for like legendaries. So then those legendaries would end up being lucky. And then Greg would be able to take his five from 2017 and ask for my legendaries. But we would have to do that on separate days, right? Because that would be one lucky trade. Right. But ideally, I wouldn't be giving my, this as advice until you're sure. Right. Ideally, yeah. my 2017 shouldn't affect Greg's 2017. Like, we should both get five. Right. We should both get a separate instance of five yes. each. Mm-hmm. And you would want to try to probably save those for, like, legends, because legends are harder to power up. And you would get good rolls, which would encourage you to power them up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, this is way more thought than I ever want to put into that. So if you use <laughs> Screech in a seven star no, raid. Let's talk about then, let's talk about this hoot hoot and hat. Oh wait, there's a there's a collection challenge, Greg. I know you love those. There's a winter collection challenge that you have to complete by Sunday. This would have been over by the time this podcast goes up, but you get to you get another thing on your medal. You love the medal. I don't the, you get the Galarian Mr. Mime. Uh there's a <laughs> Hisuian Avala grade day. Uh, because you know people love to go places from two to five p.m. on Christmas Eve to do raids. Uh, uh, it has a super boosted shiny, and its shiny is actually pretty good. It looks like it could be a fire type. It's kind of wild. Yes, I. I mean, two to five at least isn't when most people have to get together with their family. To That's do true. Dinner. It would be better if it was like two to five on Christmas Day when you really want to get away from people. I have to go. <laughs> I have to go do this thing. Uh, the New Year's event is coming back. That will debut a new Pikachu wearing a top hat. Although I don't think this Pikachu can evolve. It doesn't say that. No, it, it does can. not say it. So it cannot. <laughs> we got to wait till next year to evolve the Pikachu. Why? But the Hoot Hoot from last year can now evolve this year. Niantic is really milking content. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> and you can barely see the hat on. Knocked Owl. Yeah. It's really small. <laughs> the Hoot Hoot with the top hat was probably one of the best costumes they've ever done. It, it's good. Definitely. Um, Pikachu wearing a party top hat. Hoot Hoot wearing a New Year's Eve outfit. That's what they, they, they say. Wurmple wearing a party hat are all appearing in the wild. Uh, Pichu wearing a party hat. And then Cleffa, Igglybuff, Togepi, Tyrogue, Smoochum, Elekid, Magby, Azumarill, Azurill. Uh, why not all appearing in 7k eggs this is they just did this to water down the pichu like yeah. people people want mm-hmm. the pichu and they just watered yep. down this egg pool yep there's no mm-hmm. reason why half these pokemon nope. need to be here um they can all be shiny though we're getting we're getting to the point where most pokemon can be shiny we're finally <laughs> yep. getting there <laughs> One star raids will be Bulbasaur wearing a party hat, Charmander wearing a party hat, Squirtle wearing a party hat, uh, Pikachu wearing a party top hat. That's the new one. And then Hoot Hoot wearing the, uh, the hat. Three star raids bringing back the Eradicate wearing a party hat, Nidorino wearing a party hat, Gengar, you guessed it, wearing a party hat, and then Wobbuffet wearing a party hat. Um, wasn't there like supposed to be a makeup day in like Australia for this yeah. Nidorina Gengar thing that like never happened? I don't think it ever yeah. happened, did it? I mean, 
So those initially came out at the very, very beginning of kind of the global understanding of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in March 2020. And I think that we decided that those also were released last year during the New Year's event. So they aren't as rare as they once were. Yes. But they are still Pokemon that a whole bunch of people don't have because of when they were first released. Hmm. Niantic said they were going to do a makeup event. I think they publicly said they were going to. Yeah, they did. And mm-hmm. then I don't think they ever got that event at all. Well, so, it would wrecked Australia. be super valuable if they did. That I don't event know if it was... also had the clone Pokemon, I'm pretty sure. Oh, man, I would love them to bring back the clone Pokemon. <laughs> I don't know if that was also Japan. I felt like there were a couple regions that got it, and then like somebody got a makeup event, but some uh, somebody else didn't. But I don't remember. We'd ha- I'd have to look. Uh, Reshiram is coming back, uh, and then Mega Steelix is coming back. And there will be a New Year's collection challenge. Uh, and it says specifically because Greg loves collection challenges, uh, you will receive bonus Stardust. Uh, on the plus side, the event bonus will be half incubators. Also, uh, there's a new thing here. You will get one fourth hatch a- distance for the first three hatched eggs during the event. If you're using the egg hatching widget, uh, which is on both iOS and Android. Uh, yep. This is the second time they're doing this. Oh, what was the first time? I do not remember exactly because <laughs> I only barely noticed that it was a thing. I have the widget, so it was I it was happening to the eggs that I was incubating, but I had no idea why. <laughs> it is just the first three if you have the widget on one of your phone screens. It's so you not- just have to have the widget, and then the first mm-hmm. three eggs you put in will have a one-fourth instead of one-half. Mm-hmm. I accidentally wasted mine on, I think, 2K eggs. So, got it. Okay, got it. That makes don't sense. do that. So that that will go in effect on uh, uh, Saturday, December thirty first at eight p.m. So don't put your two k eggs in. No, after eight p.m. local time. Yes. yes, as you are celebrating New Year's, make sure to pay attention <laughs> make and make sure, sure you, you only you do ten k and twelve k <laughs> eggs for the New Year. Dare None you of watch this ball drop. <laughs> Pay attention to your egg widget. The egg widget is the most important part. At least they have a bonus going on. This one actually kind of feels like an event. Yeah, like I I think their New Year's event is pretty good. And I think the New Year's event is always, this is not Niantic's fault, but the New Year's event is always less stressful because people care way more about the social stigma around Christmas than around New Year's. Yeah, well... New Year's really isn't a family event for a lot of people. Right. Mm-hmm. New Year's is a go out and party with your friends. Or event. plan to go out and party and then not actually make plans and then Nobody don't actually go out and then yep. complain that you didn't do anything for New Year's. I don't know why I, I don't know why people complain about doing anything. It's it's a one second holiday and it's pretty <laughs> bad. That one second ain't great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's definitely a, a day. Uh, that's for sure. It's definitely a thing that happens when we uh, reset the year to a randomly new number. Greg, tell us about yes. uh, the last bit of news here, an All exciting right. update from I, the Pokemon yeah. Unite team. So Unite is getting a new director, and the new director is like transparency for all, and we love to see it. So t- the two big things, there's another patch, fine, they are nerfing and buffing a bunch of stuff. You're either angry or happy, depending on who you play. But the two things that came out... <laughs> The two things they came out and actually said was when we released Zoroark with the costume and you had to buy the bundle, 
You all hated that, and we're never going to do that again. Okay, so can I reword no. what they said? So yeah. What they actually said was, we didn't sell enough Zorark with the bundle, so we're not going to do it again. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people are taking this one paragraph to say they're never going to gemlock Pokemon for the first week again. That is not what this says. They are absolutely going to gemlock for the first week. They're just not going to tie it to a costume that is more expensive when you have to buy both. I think the but gemlocking still- is secretly okay. Yeah, I don't care about the gemlocking. Because the like week. then you don't have this. The thing, the thing that I've experienced in other games is when a new character gets released, if somebody doesn't get to play the new character, they will throw the match. So yep. therefore, gem locking it actually yep. prevents that from happening. <laughs> yeah. The gem lock thing isn't a bad thing. It's just a lot of people were assuming that they're n- that this was them saying they're never going to gem lock Pokemon again, and that is wrong. They're never going to do the Pokemon Plus costume bundle again. Uh, which is fine because everybody hated it and well, nobody not bought at launch. it. I'm sure there will be not Pokemon Plus costume right. bundle. You know, right? For, They'll for, do bundles later, deals. but it's not going to be locked at the new characters. Not going to be locked. The other big thing they decided to do was tell the world, "Hey, here's how we do matchmaking. Guess what? <laughs> there's a there's a secret number that you can't see, and so you are paired with people who have similar MMRs as you, which is matchmaking ratings." They've been doing this thing for a while where when you're waiting for... Is this bad or good? So it's interesting. It's good to know what the game is telling you. Because before when you would go into like, okay, I'm going to play a random match solo. And it would say, hey, searching for players. And then at some point, about 30 seconds in, it would say expanding match parameters. And none of us knew what that meant. So they finally took the time to explain what that meant. They have a hidden score called an MMR, which is decided and set by your win percentage, how many consecutive wins you've had, and what your current rank is. And so what they try to do in their initial matchmaking is match you with people who are similar in your rating. So, But they want to try to get as close to 96% within that ballpark. So they're trying to match you not only with other solo players, or if you're in a duo, other duos that match, or if you're a three-person, other three-persons. Like, they're trying to get you close. If that fails, and they don't find anybody, it drops to 81%, and then they're going to start looking at almost evenly matched, which means... They're going to really go out to people who have really, really bad win rates or really, really good win rates and match you up. Or if that fails, then they're going to go with wildly, wildly unmatched. (laughs) Just whatever. These people need to play and you need to get into a game. Um, So this finally helps answer what a lot of people have been doing. The other thing that they said that everybody's excited for, because we can't really change our MMR. We're like, we don't understand that we can't see it, but we understand that you're trying to get us with similarly skilled people. Mm -hmm. The other thing they did is they officially stated as of December 1st that they are making, uh, they're looking at making changes to the fair play points. Uh, So if somebody stops playing during a match, their fair 
pay points are going to be reduced more heavily. Um, but they're also not going to add that to their MMR score. So if a person just stops playing, it's going to affect their MMR score. But the big thing is, is they are implementing over the next month or so, they're not, they haven't been too clear, is the common ways people are avoiding being detected of AFK, which is standing on a, off of standing on a goal and just hitting the A button. So the game registers you as doing something. They're implementing a system that looks for those behaviors and dings you as not playing. This happens so a lot in, during, I think yeah. Greg can speak to this. This happens a lot during, um, not like ranked matches, but like events of like play like 10 games to unlock yeah. the, the, the points right. to buy the skin or whatever. Yeah. So where people would just sit on base and not do anything because they're just trying to ride out the game. So they are going to improve the accuracy of detecting passive play. So that's avoiding using moves to avoid appearing inactive, sitting on a base, not in, like running away from battles. So like there's battles happening and you're a million miles away, they're going to consider that passive play. So this is a huge win as far as just how they're how they are one being transparent Thank you for telling us what you're planning on doing. But two, really saying we understand that these are really negative impacting behaviors people have. And we are now finally going to tell you we are taking action against those players. They're getting a new director, a new producer who's coming in, um, which is very exciting because we'll be seeing it. But the old producer decided to give everybody the giant middle finger on their way out with the current in-game bonus that is so atrocious it's like i cannot believe you did this Do we think that the old producer was pushed out like i don't think so i think the old producer probably was like i i want to work on anything and i'm 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 kind of done with this i i want to move on to other things and they found somebody who's like i have a lot of great new ideas and this is a passion project and they swapped them out mm. generally in a lot of corporations, spoiler alert, if you are in a large corporation, vice presidents and presidents like to change every three years because it looks good to investors because they're trying something new. So generally, they're like, I'm going to take a lateral move to do something else, and I want somebody else to come in. Um, however, the old director decided to put in this scratch card system for the holidays, which you can only earn scratch cards by buying the most expensive outfits for gems in the shop. And to get all the scratch cards, somebody did the math. It's like $1,000. Well, you know, they didn't say in this article, we've heard from players' feedback, the $40 skins yeah. are too expensive. You didn't yeah. hear that because I'm sure those $40 skins are selling just fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> and the dumb thing about the scratch cards is they add a background that can randomly appear on the character, not character selection screen, while you're waiting to go into a map. Sometimes you will get a snowman that appears in the background. Ah. That's what, that's what, that, like a thousand dollars to get all the postural options that will sometimes slightly, it, I'm it, installing it, Unite it is, right now for yeah, this. Wow, that sounds um, I mean, exhilarating. <laughs> that's terrible. Unite's actually in a pretty good place after this last patch. It's super fun and it's, I think it's energized the, the player base that 
they are doing something active to fix the biggest problem, which is people just sitting back on base and spamming thanks because it triggers that they're playing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this kind of transparency is amazing. This transparency is like what everybody's wanted and really (laughs) hope they continue it because knowing that you have a secret rating that is based off of how you play and that you're, that they're trying to get you with people who have similar skill level. It's really nice to know on it's not fully explained, but like this is the system that we use and it it is factoring how good you are as a player. And when you see the ser- expanding search parameters, your games are about to get wild because who knows who's coming in. And they do say here um, for like 96% of matches were, were based with similar compositions. So yep. if you were solo, yep. um, you would be against other solos. If you were uh, a group of two, they would try to pair you with other groups of two. Yeah, well, two and threes. Um, ideally, with those groups, they're saying that the skill is within eighty percent of accurate. Yeah, uh, yep. which is it good? That's not exclusive to Pokemon Unite. There's like any game. Yep. Like I remember when Greg and I would play Clash Royale, and the thing we would hear is like they're purposely giving me hard matchups or <laughs> yeah. like. Which I'm sure is happening in, like, yeah. people saying Unite of, like, oh, yeah. they purposely are giving me, yeah. like, this harder team, so I lose my streak. Well, it's interesting because it explains the situation that you run into, that you have much better matches at certain times of the day. Because when it's overly crowded, like at night, and you get an influx of people, that tends to be when you see the message of expanding parameters and you tend to have a worse experience well this finally explains that yeah we had to expand it out so you're getting unmatched groups you're getting people who are working together against teams that are all solos like they are finally saying this is why that experience happens and this is this is the reason why and and so like you would have a much like you would do this at two in the morning you'd have a very different experience Mm -hmm. than you would at 7 p.m yeah, I mean, like, if I if I started playing Unite around 4 in the afternoon, 4 central time, I would play until about maybe 8, and then I was yep. like, I need to get off, because yeah. matches will get significantly worse, Yep, and I cannot get back on until about, like, 1 or 2 a.m., Yep, and then I couldn't go until, you know, at 6 a.m., it's like, you have to get off now, because matches yep. are going to get bad, and that's just like, you know, when, like, Japanese players yeah. flip on, it's or when UK the, people, yeah. when the sections would come in, and the... The system would have too many players that were mismanaged. And yeah, it, it's interesting that we finally have just explanations that people could talk about and be like, okay, I now know why at 7 p.m. my games get worse. Yeah. And you can you can adjust who you play accordingly, right? Like you, now that you know that this is happening, like, okay, well, I'm not going to play a supporter when it said expanded things because i don't know what i'm getting as far as play level so it's better to be an attacker because attackers carry easier right like they just do if unite lets you game. pick five azumarils you know people would pick five azumarils that's what we've learned from scarlet and violet yeah i mean azumarill is really good in this game <laughs> but man i'm full in on sableye i've been playing sableye so much that little gremlin is so much fun all right. Well, those uh, that was all the news. I- I'm sure there was actually more news. Uh, there- there's like new stuff on Pokemon Center. The Cinder Ace event 
should start. So people also don't understand time zones. Uh, this the these events start UTC midnight UTC time, uh, which is normally on Friday, but because if you live in America, uh, that's about six p.m. Uh, on Thursday, so Cinderella should start the 29th around six six ish p.m. Central ish, you know, give or take, depending if you have mountains or coasts, uh, and then that will run through the weekend. And then if you miss it, Cinderella will come back on. I believe it is yeah. January 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th. Um, and UTC stands for Universal Time Coordinated. There, I did not know what that meant, but that makes sense. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, Just so uh, you know, we will have our thoughts, I suppose, about Cinderace. That's New Year's weekend is the first one, right? Like, yes. So I'm assuming mm-hmm. we will probably record on Friday again before the holiday. So if we all do one Cinderace on Thursday night, we will have our thoughts for <laughs> Monday. Um, and then don't know if there's a raid on the 7th. Um, but I would assume we have we'll have another raid in January that isn't Delibird, obviously, or what was the yeah. Evie, Evie, Evie was the other one. So um, maybe it'd be Hoot Hoot with a hat. We can only hope. Um, and they have done no raids so far of like increased shinies, although I don't game's not even two months old. I'm sure that is coming. Uh, there's been no raids so far with Herba Mystica, um, which I would argue is like more sought after than Shinies themselves. Like I can't imagine them doing <laughs> raids for Herba Mysticas since that is no. like the main thing they want you to grind out. We can talk about more of that in the future. But anyways, happy holidays. Thank you for making it to the end. Uh, there will probably there probably would have been a weird break slash cut somewhere in this episode. <laughs> we just recorded <laughs> just straight on through for time purposes. Uh, I'll make it all. I'll make it sound very great and they're very natural. You'd be like, "Wait, this is all natural." Uh, we're an all natural podcast. We're all no artificial flavors or preservatives on this podcast. No vitamins 100% here. We organic. use those. Po- <laughs> we use those power anklets. <laughs> if you want Twitter, it's probably been up on the screen in the show notes. All that stuff. Uh, you know, that's a website. Uh, Greg, thanks for being here. Hannah, thanks for being here. Uh, this has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are super effective. Preparing to battle Cinderace with an actually 100-leveled Pokemon yeah, yeah, yeah. that is ready to do this battle. Super I'm effective. I'm so excited to bring Azumarill again. You're not showing my raid. <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> you can't stop me. This podcast is brought to you by Patreon. If you would like to support our show and what we do here, you can head over to patreon.com slash p-k-m-n-c-a-s-t. A huge shout out to our producers who support our show, starting with Jessica K, Matthew, Sean, Stephen, Anthony, Brian, Gray, Josh, Casey, Catherine, Bovine, Nate, Ryan, and Stuart. And a huge shout out to our executive producers of Brady and Spencer. Thank you so much for supporting our show. We'll be back next week. 
If you too would like to support our show, you can head over to patreon.com slash PKMNCAST, and we will see you guys next time.